down tonight. I wanted to go ahead. Yes, sir. I hope you do. Amen. Amen. That's right. Amen. That's right. Come on. Right. Amen. Amen. Well, I love all our young people around this church. I mean that, boy. I've, I've witnessed where a lot of them come from. I've known, I've known just about every one of them in here their whole lives. Everybody under the age of about 25. Amen. I've known them about the whole, their whole lives. I was there when all of them was born just about. And I've watched their life. Amen. Some of them grown now, got children of their own. Some of them are teenagers. Amen. And I'll say this, you don't always, I mean, we come to church, Brother Billy, we got our best on. We're looking our best, we're dressed our best most of the time. Amen. I know folks come from work, so I'm not, not talking about that. I'm not not bashing anybody. I'm just saying, when we come to church, we put our best, our best face forward, I guess, with what, what I'm saying. And so all we ever really see of each other, if we don't know each other, is the, just what we see at church, right? But all of us got a past. And you don't always know where somebody's been and where God has brought them from. You might look at somebody and say, man, they just got it made. Look at that. Everything's just so good in their life and everything's just so... You know, they just got everything they always want, but you don't know where God found them and brought them from and what they've been through. Well, we look at some folks say, well, they, they've had it rough. Yeah, but you might look at that when you say he's got it all made. They may have had it a whole lot rougher than you. Is everybody all right? Amen. Amen. You just never know. Amen. But that's the, that's the good thing about the grace of God. Somebody say Amen. He can come to where we're at in our, in our lowest state, in our worst state. Somebody say amen and pick us up, boy, and, 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 and do a work in our life and make something out of, out of something the devil said was done. The devil said it was over. You'll never amount to nothing. And buddy, the Holy Ghost of God can pick you up and make something out of you. Amen. When the world said, throw them away. Ain't that right? Yeah, man, that's right. Well, ain't you glad of, ain't you glad of the grace of God tonight? Hallelujah, right there. Hey, man, that's right, amen. Even these little ones, hey, I remember, I remember when their daddy was locked up. I remember when their mama didn't have nothing to do with them. Still don't. Is everybody okay? Hey, man, I remember. I remember when they was over there after they got saved and then the devil fold them over yonder. Is everybody all right? I seen how God hugged them up and kept them. I remember weeping and praying for them. I remember, and I see how God picked them up and brought them out of that mess. That's what God can do. Is everybody all right? And I ain't trying to bring up nothing bad. I'm just telling you, we never know. Amen. The impact we'll have on somebody else's life where God's brought them from. Sometimes you just need to stand up 
Tell what God's done for you, hallelujah, and let God bless you and bless somebody else. Sometimes your life, amen, can be a blessing to somebody that's going through some of the same things that you've been through, and you don't even know they're going through it. You don't even know how the devil's beating them up. They need to hear a message of hope sometimes. Everybody all right? Hallelujah right there in the book of Ezekiel. I know we've been there a lot. We're there again. I was reading this the other day. Amen. Ezekiel went through a lot. Children of Israel had went through a lot. Amen. When Ezekiel was preaching, they were in captivity. Amen. The judgment of God had fallen on them. Somebody say amen. The chastising hand of God came down. Somebody say amen. Amen. And boy, and, and Ezekiel was there. And I want to read, I want to start here at verse at chapter 43. And I'm not going to, I probably won't be long. Amen. Well, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll be out for Waffle House closes tonight. How about that? Amen, right there. Amen. Ezekiel chapter number 43, the Bible says afterward, verse number one, afterward, afterward. That means, that means he's, referring, he's referring back to what he just, some things they come through, right? Some things he's already discussed and talked about and preached. Somebody say amen. So he says afterward, afterward, he brought me to the gate, even the gate that looketh toward the east. And behold, hallelujah. The glory of the God of Israel came from the way of the east and his voice was like a noise of many waters. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah right there. Hey, hey, his voice was probably pretty loud. Somebody say amen. Amen. It pleased God at the foolishness of preaching. Amen. It's hard, it's hard, amen. Amen to preach with a whisper. Amen. So he said, his voice, his voice came from the way of the east and his voice was like, uh, his glory came from the way of the east and his voice was like the noise of many waters and the earth shined with his glory. How many here tonight want the glory of God in your life? Listen to this now. And it was according to the appearance of the vision which I saw, even according to the vision that I saw when I came to destroy the city. And the visions were like the vision that I saw by the river Chabar, and I fell upon my face. And the glory of the Lord came into the house. Amen. Boy, if there's one thing I want to be a part of, I want to witness, I want to be in, I want to be around me is the glory of the Lord. Somebody say amen. I don't just, hey, I want the glory of God to come down when we come together and we meet together. Somebody say amen. But I also want the glory of God, amen, to be in my home and in my life. Somebody say amen. I want to feel the hand of God on me. I want to know that I'm walking with God, amen, and God's walking with me, and God's watching over me and my family. Somebody say amen right there. And so he said, and the glory of the Lord came into the house by the way of the gate whose prospect is toward the east. So the Spirit took me up and brought me into the inner court 
and behold, the glory of the Lord filled the house. Amen. Amen goes right there. I heard him speaking unto me out of the house, and the man stood by me, and he said unto me, Son of man, the place of my throne and the place of the soles of my feet where I will dwell in the midst of the children of Israel forever. In my holy name shall the house of Israel no more defile, neither they nor their kings, by their whoredom, nor by the carcasses of their kings in their high places. Listen to this now. In their setting of their threshold by my thresholds, and their posts by my posts, and the wall between me and them, they have even defiled my holy name by their abominations that they have committed. Wherefore I have consumed them in mine anger. Now let them put away their whoredom and the carcasses of their kings far from me, and I will dwell in the midst of them forever. Thou, son of man, shew the house to the house of Israel, that they may be ashamed of their iniquities, and let them measure the pattern. And if they be ashamed of all that they have done, shew them the form of the house and the fashion thereof and the goings out thereof and the comings in thereof and all the forms thereof and all the ordinances thereof and all the forms thereof and all the laws thereof and write it in their sight that they may keep the whole form thereof and all the ordinances thereof and do them. This is the law of the house. Upon the top of the mountain, the whole limit thereof, round about, shall the moat shall be most holy. Behold, this is the law of the house. And I read that, boy, and I thought about the glory of God. And boy, and I thought about what he's talking about. He said, afterward, after some things that he saw and he was writing down, the glory of God came. Didn't come before that, it come afterward, right? I just read the afterward. And so I thought, well, what's he talking about? Well, you got to back up a few chapters. Amen. Ezekiel was going down through there, and the, like I said, the hand of God was coming down on him in, in chastisement and judgment. And he was preaching one, one stern message after another and one hard message after another and one message of judgment and one message of chastisement right after another. He was calling their sin out. He was rebuking them in the name of God. Amen. The Holy God was telling him, you tell them this. And Ezekiel said, I'll tell them everything you sin, Lord. And he done just that, Brother Darrell. And after all the chastising of God came, and the hand of God was on them hard. You go back now, we'll go back to verse chapter number 40. Something happened. I, I read this and I thought, now how did he get the glory of God to come to his life and to come back to the children of God? Somebody say amen. Do you want the glory of God in your life? Would you, what, do you? I mean, you just got to make up your mind whether you want it or not. And there's a way you get it, according to the Scripture. And what the Lord showed me, amen, and I just, I, like I said, I got no notes. So back in chapter 40, verse number 1, in the 5 and 20th year of our captivity, listen to this, in the beginning 
of the year, in the tenth day of the month, in the fourteenth year after that, the city was smitten. In the selfsame day, the hand of the Lord was upon me and brought me thither. Now listen, we covered that a few weeks back, amen. You, even in the darkest times, you still have the hand of God on you. And Ezekiel did just that, amen. He, he lived a life that had the hand of God on him. Now listen to in verse 2. In the visions of God brought he me into the land of Israel and set me upon a very high mountain by which was as the frame of a city on the south. And he brought me thither. And behold, there was a man whose appearance was like the appearance of brass with a line of flax in his hand and what? A measuring reed. And he stood in the gate. The man said unto me, Son of man, behold with thine eyes and hear with thine ears and set thine heart upon all that I shall shew thee for to the, for to the intent that I might shew them unto thee art thou brought hither. Amen. It's not by accident we're here tonight. It's not by accident we're a part of Calvary Baptist Church. It's not by accident, amen, we've been born into such a time as this, and we're here in the last days. Somebody say amen. We're seeing a lot of cities fall. We're seeing a lot of uh, uh, nations beginning to crumble. We're seeing a lot of uh, uh, attacks against Christianity all across the land now. I mean, buddy, it's, it's, I mean, it's going rapid. I mean, buddy, there's, 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 there's nations right now, countries, amen, that's slaughtering Christians. They're burning churches. I mean, they're killing them. They're destroying them. Amen, the, the Islam, I mean, buddy, they're just, they're just uh, I mean, they're hateful. It's, it's a false religion. Every one of them's going to hell, amen, because there's no salvation in any other name than the name Jesus. Amen, that's right. Amen. Muhammad can't save nobody. Is everybody okay? Amen. They, they, they calling out on Muhammad, they're going to be burning like him. Is everybody okay? Amen goes right there. Amen. And so I've been, I've been watching a few things and I, I see Christians under attack all across the world. Amen. And so we're living. So it's no accident, friend. It's no coincidence that we're here. So what are we going to do? Well, I read this and and I'm, I'm thinking about the glory of God. Can we, do you think we can have the glory of God in our lives in a time like this? If we can't, we might as well close up and go home. But my God's greater than that. Is everybody okay? My God's able, amen, if we'll follow his rules and his instructions, but if we can have the power of God in our life, amen right there. We can see the miracles of God working in our family. Amen, it might not be, amen, that, they, that, 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 that you got a, a bank full of money, but man, you'll see the hand of God working in your family's life, in your children's life, in your, in your, in your spouse's life, or in your sibling's life, or maybe in your parents' life. You can see that in the day in which we live. Those are the miracles that really count. Everybody all right? And oh yes, God can bless you financially. God can bless you physically, emotionally, amen, all kinds of ways. But he said, he said, for you were brought here, thou art brought hither. This, you're here for a reason. And he, let's finish that. Declare all that thou seest to the house of Israel. Tell them. Tell them. Tell them what I'm fixing to show you. Amen. 
And you would think, Brother Allen, Miss Dick, you'd think, man, it's going to be something great. It is. Amen. When the Lord showed me this, it's amazing, Brother Larry. Amen. What does he do? Well, he gives him the blueprints and the outline of the church. He tells him how to build the church. He goes through there and he's beginning to, to go through there and mark off rooms and do this and do that. And there's separate places, amen. There's little chambers, there's big chambers and, and the house of God is continually going up and you as a child of God, amen, in your experience with the church, and your experience with God, amen, it ought to be constantly moving up, amen. Y'all not get nowhere and sit down. Amen, God ain't done yet. God don't want us to just sit down on God. He wants us to continually going up with him, amen, in the service of the Lord, down at the house of God. But he gives him the blueprints of the church, and listen to what he does. It's amazing. And if you ain't careful, you'll miss it. Verse 5, and behold, a wall on the outside of the house round about, and in the man's hand a measuring reed. Isn't that amazing? What's it going to do? Uh, and the measuring reed is of six cubits long by the cubit and a hand breadth. And what did he do? So he measured the breadth of the building, one reed. And the height, he measured it, one reed. Right? Now listen to this, verse 6, you go down and he measured the threshold of the gate with one reed broad. You go down to verse number 8 and he measured also the porch of the gate within one reed. Verse 9, then measured he the porch of the gate. Verse 11, then measured he the breadth of the entry of the gate. And you go on up to verse 19 and then he measured the breadth in the form uh, from the forefront of the lower gate. And verse number 20, down at the lower end there, he said that he measured uh, the length thereof and the breadth thereof. Amen. And then you go down to verse number 47. So he measured the court. Amen. What are you saying, Brother Tracy? I mean, he gave him specific instructions. Amen. And I wonder tonight, I wonder tonight if we would look at that for just a minute. Amen. If I could bore your mind for a second. Amen. I want to ask you a question. Have you ever ever heard the term, amen, something don't measure up. Is everybody okay? He's measuring it specific. He's measuring it precise. Amen. He's saying it's a certain measurement. I wonder tonight, amen, amen, if we want the hand of God on our life and we want the glory of God to come down, buddy, our life's got to measure up to something. Is everybody all right? Well, what do we got to measure up to? I'm glad somebody asked me, amen. We've got to measure and read in our hand. Now, quiet. Does our life measure up tonight? Well, let's find out. If we want the glory of God in our life, we're going to have to measure up to this book right here. Amen. There'll be some, there'll be some people in your life that you will meet that you will never measure up in their eyes. Don't worry about them. Amen. As long as you're measuring up with God's word. Is everybody okay? There'll be some people, I mean, we've heard testimonies about people tonight. There'll be some people that'll never forget you, what you've done, how you live, and they'll never let 
you forget it, you'll never measure up. I don't care how successful you become, they'll always beat you down. Amen, but I'm telling you, glory to God, if you'll forget about that and just look at the measuring ring and find out what the Bible says, there's mercy, glory to God. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you right now, we serve a forgiving God. He'll forgive us of our past. He'll wash us clean of our sin. Glory to God, he'll measure us, amen. And if we'll look at the Bible and measure up to this, we can have the glory of God in our life. Is everybody all right? Well, does our church measure up? He give them the, the blueprints here, excuse me. He give them the blueprints, amen, of what, what's expected of the church. He even told her priests how to dress, amen. He even told them, amen, when you come into the holiest of holies, you got to put a certain thing on. That's why I'm a preacher and I wear a suit and a tie. When I, especially when I get up behind there. Is everybody all right? Is everybody okay? Amen, I worry about that crowd. Tells them preachers they can get up there with their polos or their shirts unbuttoned. Amen, and in their blue jeans. Somebody say amen. He told me, he said, when you come out of the holiest of holies, you take that off when you go down with the people. You don't go down and mix with them with those garments on. Is everybody okay? Amen, preachers ought to dress different. Understand, people come from work in the house of God. I'd, I'd rather be here. Amen, understand. Amen, you've been working all day. That's not what I'm talking about. Amen. But there's people that'll disrespect the sanctuary. Amen. He tells them in, 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 in here about the sanctuary. Let's just read it in, in chapter 30 or 42. Let's go down to chapter 14. You can find out about the garments, or verse 14, but let's go down to verse 20. He measured, amen, it by four sides. It had a wall around about 500 reeds long and 500 broad to make a separation, listen to this, between the sanctuary and the profane place. There's just something special about the house of God in the sight of God. Amen. I know, I know in the day in which we live, it's real popular to say it's just a building. And I understand what they're saying. And God dwells within us. I understand that. This is still a holy place. This is still a holy place. And if we want, and if we want to measure up, there's a certain way the church is supposed to be run. Everybody, does our church measure up, Brother Tracy? Well, let's find out. Let's find out what the scriptures say and where we're, where we're at. Is everybody okay? Amen. Well, we started out right. Now, I can't really say what went on before I got here, but it, it was pretty good. I know some of the pastors, they were pretty good. I, I know they had, they, had, they had things right and in order before I got here as much as they could. Amen. Never heard anything bad. They didn't have no women deacons. Never had a woman pastor. Amen. Never had a divorce pastor. Never had a divorce deacon. Is everybody all right? So I begin to look and they're seeing if our church measures up 
according to the scripture, amen, and, I, and what I find out according to the scripture, well, we're Baptists, amen, and Jesus Christ, amen, he was baptized by the number one Baptist, John Baptist, and I figure if being a Baptist was good enough for our Lord and Savior, it's good enough for me. We got roots, Baptists got roots all the way back to the Bible. Amen. I'm not saying we're the only ones going to heaven. Somebody said, what would you be if you wasn't a Baptist, Brother Tracy? I'd be ashamed. Is everybody, is everybody okay? No. So anyhow, let me move on. So our church, I look around, we got seven deacons, amen. The book of Acts tells you to choose you out seven men, amen, uh, full of wisdom in the Holy Ghost. That's what we tried to do. Amen, is everybody okay? Seven men. I know churches got more than seven. Well, that right there tells me they ain't measuring up. Is everybody okay? Is everybody all right? Amen, seven men. Amen, they're, they're supposed to be the husband of one wife. That tells me right there, can't be a divorced man and can't be a woman. I know America's gone crazy. Amen. And you can have two women and one of them's a husband, one of them. Not, not according to the scripture. That don't measure up. That don't measure up. Is everybody all right? So our church, we started out right. We started out said, got a, got a preacher. Amen. He's a husband of one wife. And if I want to stay alive, I'll stay the husband of one wife. Is everybody all right? Amen. Goes right there. Holy Ghost filled, called by God. Somebody ain't got nothing against seminary, ain't got nothing against going to uh, uh, Bible college and all that. That's a good thing if you want to. Ain't got nothing against that. Amen. But if a man ain't called by the God of glory and filled with the Holy Ghost and he ain't got a touch of God on him, amen, that ain't nothing but just uh, an education. Is everybody all right? That's one of them that heap to themselves teachers. See, that don't, that, that don't measure up. Amen, amen right there. Don't be more impressed about what they got hanging on the wall. Somebody say amen. Be more impressed, amen, about the touch of God they got when they get up behind the pulpit. Hallelujah. Amen. So do we measure up? Well, we, we try to respect the sanctuary. Amen, no food, no drinks. Right? We ain't selling donuts. Amen. And giving them coffee cakes before they get here and come into the sanctuary. We ain't got cups of coffee out there. Is everybody okay? Amen. Why? Because the scripture says don't, don't, be, don't be eating and drinking in the sanctuary. That's how you measure up. That's how you find out if your church measures up. Is it lining up with the word of God? Amen. Suffer a woman not to teach a man. If you go to Sunday school and a woman's teaching the adult class, that don't measure up. That, that don't measure up. Suffer a woman not to teach a man, nor to assert authority over the man. See, that don't measure up. Is everybody okay? I mean, do we measure up or not? Are we perfect? Absolutely not. Is there things that probably need to be addressed? Probably so. Amen, and when the Lord tells me to address it, I'm going to address it. Is everybody all right? Everybody okay? Amen goes right there. See, we can't just, we can't just compromise on things. See, that, that, we don't, that don't measure up. So we got to find out if our church measures up. I would not go to a church, amen, that did not measure up. 
Amen. We don't have rock and roll music blaring. Amen. From the, from the sound system. Somebody say amen. Oh, we don't have fog machines. We don't have colored lights. We ain't got some little fairy tiptoeing around. Hey, is everybody okay? Glory to God. We're not, we're not, we're not, we're not, we're not going to ordain any sodomites. Uh, we're not going along with that nonsense. Why? Because that don't measure up. Is everybody okay? Hallelujah right there. Amen. Do we measure up? Amen. Well, I begin to look and say, well, you know what? We're, we're, we're trying to measure up. Is everybody okay? Huh? Huh? Is everybody all right? That don't measure up. Got to find out. Find out about, well, we got the right Bible. We got the right Bible. Most folks don't even know why we use the King James Bible. Amen, we use that Bible because that was translated out of the Greek and the Hebrew and the Chaldean language over into English so we could understand it. Amen, 80% of your Bible, amen, you probably don't even realize it, it's from a man named William Tyndall. Everybody okay? Amen. He went back years before. Amen. 1611. Amen. He was he was nailed to the stake and burned. Amen. For translating the word of God into English, so the plowman, glory to God, could learn the scriptures and read the Bible. Hallelujah. And that's the thanks he got. He got exiled from his own country. Hallelujah. So we got the right Bible. Nailed to the stake. You know what he was saying? You know what he was praying, John Crumbly? Amen, when they burned him alive at the stake, he was praying, oh God, open the eyes of the king of England. And glory to God, he did. In 1600, amen, and 11, glory to God, when he set up a, 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 a society, a group of men, about seven years before that, ain't it, Troy? See, yes, yeah, about seven years before that. Amen, he set up this, this group of men, about 50 men, something like that, 48, 50, somewhere in that area. I think they had like, they actually, had, they actually separated the men into six groups, but they had them in three separate locations, right? Cambridge men, and I can't remember everywhere they had them. But what they'd do, Davin, they'd get, the, they'd get the holy text, the holy scriptures in the Greek or the Hebrew or whatever it was written in at the time. Amen, from the, from the holy men of old that spake as God moved upon them. See, that's where it comes from. Holy men of old spake. They wrote it down. Amen, and they would get it. They'd get it, Matthew, and they'd go through them scriptures. They, they, were, they were fluent in all of those languages, all four of those languages, Greek, Hebrew, Chaldean, and English. They were fluent. You couldn't, you couldn't trip them up. And so this group over here would have this set of scriptures, and they would go through them. And they'd translate them. Oh, yeah, and one other thing King did. He said, there's going to be no margins because I don't want any man's opinion written down beside it. I just want it translated into English. So what did they do? They, they begin to translate. Well, this group over here got theirs done. And it wasn't just their opinion, so they would send it to the next group who would check it. And when they got done checking it, Jonathan, they would take that same work they just got done checking it and send it to that third group. Amen over there. And so all them men would check it. Are you hearing me? And make sure it was right. And so when they got done in 1611, in 1611, there was a, there was a note from the translators, I think something like that, to the, to the reader. 
And that was it. And then about 400 years later, something like that, they went through our King James Bible, from my understanding, and checked the spelling on a lot of words and got those corrected. Amen? And that's the Bible you hold in your hand tonight. And it wasn't, and it wasn't, and it wasn't redone by no sodomite like the NIV. Is everybody all right? There was nothing taken out of it like the NIVs and all the other ones. Is everybody okay? Nothing changed in it just from one language to another so we can understand it. That's why there's a lot of these and thous and those and, and all the other things. Amen? And it's just so simple. It's just so simple, amen, that a fifth grader could read it and understand it. Ain't nothing hard about understanding this right here. Amen. You can quote this Bible right here. You can't quote an NIV track. Amen. I'll throw this book and hit you in the head with it. You can't quote no NIV up in here. Is everybody all right? So, what, so, so our church is beginning to look like it's starting to measure up. Right? Is everybody okay? Everybody all right? We're not, we're not bouncing around, speaking in unknown tongues. Somebody said, well, that's in the scripture, yeah, but it also says, and they shall cease. So you got to understand, back, back when the tongues was prevalent, it was for a sign to the unbelieving Jew. Not only that, but they were men, men actually called that were interpreters. Just like preachers. When they walk in the door, you say, oh, there's a preacher. When them men walked in, you said there was an interpreter. The Bible says if they ain't no interpreter present, if they ain't no interpreter present, is everybody okay? Keep silence in the church. Is everybody all right? Don't speak in tongues. He said, I'd rather speak five words of understanding than 10,000 in an unknown tongue. Well, how do we get off on that? Is everybody okay? See, see you're going to tell if a church measures up. And most of them tongue-speaking churches, the women run the church. That don't measure up. Sorry. Hey, I love my wife. I love all the women here. And y'all have a place. Y'all have positions. Y'all have a job. Y'all have a responsibility. You're important to God. There's things you can do. But there's things you cannot do. Sorry. And I'm not a male chauvinist pig. Is everybody all right? No, no, no. Amen. Not, my wife's no second-class citizen. Is everybody all right? Yours ain't either. That's right. Ladies, you'll be a whole lot better off when you say, you know what, I'm just going to let that man handle everything, and if he gets us in trouble, then you'll get to fuss at him real good. Amen, Amen right there. That's right. Just give him the, okay, big boy, you got to leave, take it. When you get us in trouble, is everybody all right? So does it measure up? Well, I would say Calvary Baptist Church measures up. Does it, does it have its issues? Yeah. There's no perfect church. When you find the perfect church, you do me a favor and join it, because then it won't be perfect. Is everybody okay? Some of y'all get that on the way home. Matthew got it quick. I like him. Yes, sir. That boy's sharp. Amen. That's right. But anyway, so we got, we got the measuring rig to go by. And in our life, in our life, 
want the glory of God and the touch of God on our life, we've got to measure up. And we've got it right here, Miss Shelley. Tells me how to live. It tells me what's acceptable to God and what's not. And like I said earlier, it doesn't, it doesn't tell me to be uh, acceptable to men. Because there'll be some that'll never, never accept me. They, they won't never forget the redneck I was and, and how the things I've done and the life I lived. They'll never forget that. Amen. I've got people in my family to this day. Amen. Oh, you know what they're doing? They're just waiting on me to follow. Matter of fact, they're rooting that I will. Is everybody all right? They're, they're wanting me to fall. They're wanting me to get back out there and do those things. So they can say, uh-huh, look at that. Look at it. Somebody told me one time, I said, it won't never last. Well, I don't know. It might not, but it's been about 32 years now. Boy, I'm having time in my life. Is everybody all right? Amen. I might quit tomorrow. I doubt it. Amen. And when, 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 and when one of them told me that, that just put that much more determination in me to live a life for God. Do I do everything right? No. Do I got everything exactly right? No. But I read this Bible right here, Brother Richard, and it tells me where I'm coming up short, where I'm not measuring up at. And then I have a decision to make. Am I going to change my life? Here's what we do. What did I read over there? They put their thresholds next to his thresholds. Amen. And they put their posts by his posts. And here's what we do. We, this is what a lot of them do. He said, they'll no more defile my sanctuary by putting their thresholds by my thresholds and their posts by my... See, when we do that, a lot of times our post is down here. And God's post is up here. Right? Or... God's threshold is here and ours is down here of what's acceptable and what we're willing to do or give up or surrender to God. And instead of, and instead of us raising our post up to his post or our threshold up to his threshold, what we do, what a, what a lot of people do, not everybody, but what a lot of people do is they try to bring God's post down to here. And that's what Israel does. He said over in one place, when they were in their land and they were being blessed and they had no enemy that could take them and everything was going good in their life and I was with them, that's when they rejected me and rebelled against me. That's why they wound up in captivity. Because when everything was going great, amen, and their threshold was going up beside God's threshold, and their threshold was down here, instead of raising their standard back up, trying to get, trying to, trying to measure up to what God wanted in their life, they began to try to lower God's threshold. Oh, this is acceptable. Well, not according to the scripture. Sorry, it's just not. There are certain lifestyles that is not acceptable to God according to the scriptures. And most people, what they do, they expect the preacher not to preach it. They just forget what kind of preacher I am. The whole counsel of God. All of it. Every word in there is worth preaching. Somebody say amen. I would be doing you a disservice if I tried to lower God's threshold for your life. How are we going to know we're living in sin or we need to change? Amen. If, if, if when the measuring reed comes out, instead of, instead of him holding the line, he said, oh, okay. 
See, when he went out measuring, he was measuring like this. He was measuring like this. You know what we want? We want him to measure like this. Is everybody okay? God said, if you want the touch on your life, child, you're going to have to measure up. If we want the glory, we can have it, Brother Larry, but we got to measure up. We got to measure up. Is everybody okay? That's what he showed me. He said there was a man with a measuring reed in his hand. And he began to, if you read that, the only thing he's doing is giving him the blueprints of the tabernacle, the temple, the house of God. And he's telling them where the priests go and the different chambers they have and all these different things and how many steps to have and eight steps and seven steps and the steps are winding and the church and the temple is continually going upward. And like I said, in your life as a child of God, as, a, as, a, as a somebody, if you want the touch of God in your life, first thing you're going to have to do, you're going to have to get in church. Does your attendance measure up? I'm not talking about you have to be here for every single service and all that. What I am saying, amen, is does everything stop you from coming? Now, I understand emergencies pop up, things, people work. I, I'm not talking about that. I'm even talking about vacation. But whenever somebody dropped by and I just, you know, couldn't come, I'm sorry. Church is at, what, 6 o'clock on Sunday night. Don't nobody come to the pocket house to visit at five. You know why? Because they know we're fixing to get ready to go to church. Don't nobody show up at my house at 5.30 to visit me. Because they know if they do, I'm say, hey, that's good to see you, but we're fixing to leave. Gotta go. Where are you going? I'm going to church. You know where I'm going. You want to go? Oh, no, no, no. I got somewhere else to be now. Is everybody Okay. I understand, amen. I mean, I've had things come up in my life. Amen, I getting ready to, I was teaching Sunday school. Amen, my appendix ruptured. I mean, I couldn't make it. It's an emergency surgery. Is everybody all right? I understand, things break. I ain't talking about that. But boy, we let just anything keep us out. That don't measure up in God's eyes. That don't measure up in God's eyes. Brother Eric preached it Sunday night about forsaking not assembling ourselves together. Church needs to be important. That was the first thing he. That was the first thing he. That was the first thing he done when he's talking about the the glory of God showed back up after he got the blueprints for the church. Isn't that amazing? And we put churches up on a back burner. Amen. First of all, the church has got to measure up, right? So the Spirit of God will be here when, when we show up. And we bring him with us, I understand that. Amen, but we want God to be here. We want it to be more than a, than a, than a fleshly feeling. I want him to get more in, than, than in my feet. See, a lot of these places, he just gets in their feet, you know, they tap to the beat of the music. Is everybody all right? I want him to get inside of me and change me. I want a new desire in my heart to serve him and to worship him and to let nothing come between me and him. In service of him right although there may be positions some people can't hold that doesn't mean you can't be used down at the house of God amen there's other positions beside the pastor and by the way you can only have one 
right? Freaks got more than one head. Is everybody okay? Is everybody all right? Freaks got more than one head. Ain't that right? Amen. Anything born with two heads, boy, you better chop one of them off. Okay? <laughs> Something's wrong. So tonight, I know it might have been short, might not have been what you wanted. Man with a measuring reed in his hand began to measure it out. You know what happens every Sunday? Man comes in with a measuring reed in his hand, whether it be me or one of these other preachers. And they begin to measure it out. Is everybody okay? Jonathan, you've measured some out before. Amen. And you know what? People's got to decide right then. Are they going to measure up? I'm not talking about preaching my views. I'm not talking about when a man gets up and preaches his own ideas and his own convictions. But if the word of God's against it, preach it all day long. If the word of God's for it, preach it all day long. Is everybody okay? But here's the measuring read. That's right. Hallelujah right there. That boy loves his preacher. So the question is, are we measuring up? Here's what they do, Miss Shelley. Brother Tracy preached something a little hard in here. Amen. They'll walk out of here mad at the preacher. Well, he didn't have to say that. He's he, he, he just throwing stones at me. What did the Bible say? I'm sorry. I cannot not preach what the Bible says because it makes some uncomfortable. You know why it makes you uncomfortable? You don't measure up. They don't measure up. I won't never stop preaching the scripture. Period. When a man gets up behind a pulpit, he don't have no family. Amen. He don't have no friends. It's him and God. Are you hearing me? Oh, I love you. I still love you. I got to preach what God said. Why? Because this is the measuring me. And we want the touch of God on our life, Brother Allen. We got to measure up. And trust me, I get it first. And I didn't know we was going all this route, but I won't take none of it back. So the question you have to ask you in your life, here's the read. Here it is, Brother Dylan. Here. Now what you got to do is read it. Brother Tracy's going to preach it, but you got to look at your life. That's a mirror. Amen. When you look in the Word of God and see whether Billy Strickland line, uh, measures up or not. You don't worry about Brother Tracy measuring up. Does Billy measure up? You got it. You got it. Do you measure up? That's, that's between you and God. You don't answer me. This tells us, this tells us whether we measure up or not. This tells us whether our life is in line with God's plan for us. Are you hearing me? Because if our life ain't measuring up to what's in here, 
We're out of God's plan for our life. You hearing me? God's not going to plan anything for us outside of that until we get measured up. Don't worry about what Brother Tracy thinks. If you can look at this and honestly say, yes, I'm lining up, I'm measuring up. And when God shows us a place where we're not measuring up, because none of us measure up fully, somebody say amen, we have to be willing to take our post and our threshold and raise them up to God's level instead of trying to pull God down to ours. Everybody okay? Amen. Somebody come on to the piano tonight. Are we measuring up in our homes? Are we measuring up as individuals? Are we measuring up, church? I believe with everything in me at Calvary Baptist Church, we have a place, and I use this word, but I don't use it in no bad sense. We have a place we can come and worship God at that measures up that we could be proud of in one sense. Does that make sense to you? I'm not talking about walking around prideful. And I'm not saying we're the only one. Amen. But in these last days, in these last days, I want the glory of God to be at Calvary Baptist. I want it to be a place where people, this Dickie, can meet the Lord and be saved. Hallelujah. Ain't that right? Brother Billy? Ain't that right? Ain't that right, girls? Ain't that right? I want it to be a place, amen, where people can truly be born again. And the only way that that's going to happen is if we measure up. Well, if everybody's looking at us and say, ah, don't, they don't measure up, something's wrong. We ain't trying to line up with the Word of God. I love you tonight. I appreciate you being here. Amen. That just shows you're trying to measure up. It's a good thing. So tonight, 